Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello and welcome to episode 96. We're going to do a special episode tonight. It's going to be smash or pass. We're going to exchange our new shit you probably hate to rapid fire through new shit that's released. And we can all say if we would smash or pass. Okay. Uh, with that, we are going... I, would just, I just looked through last week's bike news and I'm like, I don't see anything that I care about talking about. Well, you missed one very important thing that we do have to talk about. So, we're going to start with patrons. We have, starting at... $10 a month. We got Zach, Wilma Dickfit, Tom, Todd, Tim, Ty, Tennessee Zach, Scott, SCG Shuko, Sam, Ryan, Parker, Noah, Nick, My, Pal, Dow, MTB Shenanigans, Leland, Kevin, Kenny Sucks, Ken, Juan, Hugh, Janus, Josh, Josh, Jeff, JC, Jara, Dix, Jake, Half Face, Kenneth, uh, Green Giant, Gordon, G Man, Frank, Ezra, Trilla, G, Evan, Caroline, that that wasn't a, a joke. It's normally a joke one. It just threw me. Uh, Clayton is my best friend, but that's Clayton. I guess he's his own best friend. Captain Fickle, Brad, Billy Singlespeed, Bill Bo Baggins, Alec, AJ, Aaron, and then Lead Out Sports, Josh and Dean from the Land of the Ruse. We've got Poop Wrench, who joined us in 20, Joe, Brady, Anthony, Affordable Trail Solutions, Harley at 30, Troy at 31, and Six Pack Outdoors at 50. So we need someone at $10 a month to join and put their name in between Bill, no, Bo, and Baggins? No. It's awesome. <laughs> you've never seen more. To, you've never even read the books, have you? I'm from Tennessee. Do you think I can read? <laughs> um, what do we want to do first? Do we want to play Smash or Pass first? Because I got a bunch of stuff pulled up that I would like to Smash or Pass. Uh, we should do our, our own news first. Oh, fine. Trying to mix it up for the people. I need to go first so I don't forget the most okay, important go. thing. Go. Vapor Trail 125 is back. Oh, my God. And I say it's back. It has been sort of back with a different race promoter, but didn't quite have the same. It's got that big banner out front that says under new management. Yeah, yeah. It had that. Now, it is it is under new management. But the new management now is someone who has done the race and knows the race and knows the people who used to run the race. And it's basically under the same management with a little bit of new help with Michael Franco, who is a very nice guy and um, a very good bike racer. And he is the promoter of the Salida Enduro. So he was the race director there. Did a fabulous job. So, yeah. Yeah, there so you um, if you need advice about Vapor Trail, go fuck if you're yourself. Curious about it. If you're vapor curious, um, especially if you are a woman who wants to race it, um, I would be very happy to give you as much advice as you need from pre riding to, I mean, I would say nutrition, but. Shit, if you're if you're looking to race Vapor Trail, you know how to take care of yourself for like a long race. So hopefully you don't need my nutrition advice other than a Snickers and a Red Bull is one of the best things you can have out there in a drop bag. But yeah, so uh, check it out. Is the website, sorry, I should have looked this up. Is the website still VaporTrail125.com? Do, 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 do. Oh, those are dicks on my screen. I'm just kidding. Yes, that is still the website. Yeah. So Vapor Trail 125, in case you don't know. Are you going to take a break from 
elk hunting to come vapor trail support and then go back to elk hunting? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. I might. All right. So it is September 9th and 10th. Why is it two days, you may ask? Well, it's 125 miles. It starts on the 9th at 10 p.m. in Salida, in downtown Salida. And you have a neutral rollout to what? Let's keep it kind of simple because, like, most people are just, like, shitting in their pants about trying to leave at 10 o'clock at night. So Yeah, so you have a neutral rollout to um, where you cross Highway 285. That way no one gets smoked by a car at, you know, 1030 at night. And then the race goes, and it's awesome. You go through the backcountry um, in Chafee County and a little bit in Gunnison County, and it's really cool. You finish the next day. So check it out, vaportrail125.com. Other than that, I guess I have to talk about things that I've done. Yep. Uh, I just got this tent made by Kelty, and it's called the Caboose 4. And I'd been wanting something to give me a little extra space when I go car camping. And really all I needed was some kind of like a wall awning that I could back up to and drive away from. But they kind of make those for overland use where you mount it to the top of your car and then you pull it out and you flip it out. And it's fucking heavy and really fucking expensive. And I didn't want something that would be permanent, not permanent, like semi-permanently attached to the car. I wanted something that I could leave behind because I sleep in the car generally when I camp because it's warmer and it's just safer. Um, just last night, I had uh, I found out today, uh, I went turkey hunting. I camped out last night, went turkey hunting this morning. On my way back into the truck, I found a gigantic, very, very fresh bear shit less than a quarter mile from where I camped. So I'm a little... Um, you know, I, I don't want to, I know how to be bear safe, how to keep food away from the tent and all of that, but that doesn't mean that I don't smell a little bit like food that I dropped on myself or whatever, because I'm kind of sloppy. And I don't want a bear, you know, poking around being like, hey, what's that that smells like food in there? You know, and, and bears are, black bears especially, are generally afraid of people. And if you yell at them, they'll go away. But I don't want to have to like wake up to that. I think that would be unpleasant. So yeah, uh, I sleep in the truck. Back to the original story. And they have this tent, and it's basically, if you could imagine, a half of a dome. It's got a somewhat flat front and then a dome-shaped back. You could sleep four people in there. It is a very large tent. I think Matt could stand up straight inside of it. He might touch his hair on the top, maybe. And if you can imagine the vestibule of the tent being very oversized and having a large... Uh, like a rain fly coming off the top of it that can go over the tailgate of your vehicle. So I wanted some wind protection, some privacy, some weather protection when I'm camping out. So I got that and I'll use the tent portion of it most likely for kind of non-food storage. You know, so if I'm out hunting, I'd keep, you know, like my archery target in there. I could stick my bow in there, you know, in the evenings, just stuff like that. So yeah, pretty excited about that. I used it last night. I mean, I didn't really use it. I attached it to my vehicle because I just wanted to test it out in a very low, low consequence situation because I didn't really need to use it. So, yeah, it, it was great. I got it set up in about 30 minutes, and that includes the wind trying to rip it out of my hands at least once. If I had let go of it, it would have just gone. Like, it would have, be, it would have been in the next county. It was pretty intense. But other than that, I've been riding a little bit. I've been working a lot. And 
that's kind of it. Our I just got a shipping notice for our chickens that I talked about in episode 95. We should have those on Friday. All right. Are you done? Yep. That's it. Okay. Well, I'll take a nap now. Do what? I'm going to take a nap now. Kenny, what have you been doing? I've been doing the usual Kenny things. So, <laughs> Surans and uh, a decent bit of mountain biking, actually. I went out probably two or three times on the Kenny of OSL. And I'm liking it as I get more used to it. It's different than a Levo SL. It's heavier. It doesn't get quite the range. But overall, I really like it. It's different. The suspension's starting to break in. I think I mentioned that last show. So overall, yeah, pretty happy with how it sits. It's just GX mechanical with rhythm suspension, essentially, with nice DHR Evo brakes and uh, a carbon bar. Other than that, it's just a comp carbon build, and it's working great. Mechanical is Mechanical derailers are silly. For sure. They work okay. But yeah, it's it's so funny how lazy I got with the electronic stuff. Like you just hit the button and it goes boop, boop, and <laughs> it shifts your chain and it does it the same every time. It's amazing how easy it is to shift like a gear and a half. Like it pops right back. No big deal. But, you know, I've shifted a lot of bikes in my day and I still, with the mechanical, like it's easy to kind of make a mistake and not shift it quite the way you intended and the electronic that's just not a thing and i was just so used to it i rode it for i rode electronic for three years so yeah i think in the future you know i've never i've never noticed that but i also have when i had two mountain bikes you know like one with mechanical and one with a flat bar and electronic mm-hmm. i also was switching back and forth between them a lot so i think yeah. i never got all the way accustomed to how you know how easy the electronic was I basically never touched a mechanical shifter for three years. <laughs> and then Like not even back. working on other people's bikes? No, I would get someone else to do it. <laughs> I need you to shift this for me. This is for, <laughs> this is for, for hands that are much rougher than mine. This is for pores. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the moral of the story is I like the Kinevo SL. If anyone is curious about one, I think you would enjoy it. I think it's a great all-rounder bike, even though it's a freaking 170-170 bike. It's perfectly civilized, and like a lot of things, you just get used to it. I think one of my big takeaways from this is in the future, if I got a shorter travel bike, I would probably err towards the more modern slack geometry. I think once you can get used to it, having that extra wheelbase and all that here in Utah, at least, having that stability and descending prowess is really nice i don't think that i need for the riding that i do i think the geometry is a bigger difference than the actual amount of suspension travel or how big said fork or shock is like stanchion and stiffness wise and all that if that makes sense oh i don't know man you need them thick boys yeah i mean there's nothing wrong with the thick boys especially if you have a lot of suspension because it's going to want to flex even more so that all makes sense but I just don't think that I need the type of riding that I do. I don't think that I need 170 mil of travel. I think that I just need modern geo. I think that's the takeaway. But we'll see. I'll ride it for, you know, a year or two probably. And then when something else comes out, I will get that thing. So yeah, road mountain bikes is a lot of fun. I've just been doing morning rides before work. And it's nice to ride in the morning. And we did a weekend trip out to Stansbury Front again on the motos and had just a lot of fun. It was just a great day. The conditions were just like all time amazing. It even rained a tiny bit, but it was like actual loam dirt, which never happens in Utah. It's usually just dusty, even though you're in kind of the backcountry mountains up with like aspen trees and that kind of stuff. 
So the chance of loam is higher than in the desert, but you still, it just gets dusty fast for sure. But it was awesome. We had a ton of fun. Nobody died. We trudged through a bunch of snow again. So there's still snow at like 8,000 feet, 7,500 feet, something like that. And we probably took 30 minutes for us to trudge two motorcycles through like 20 foot deep snow drifts to get to a particular ridge. And we kind of had to stop there. We were out of energy in our bodies, not in the bikes, but it was a lot of fun. And that's all the new things for me. All right. I've been working on Smasher Pass instead of thinking about what I've been doing. So I'm totally unprepared to talk. Um, <laughs> I haven't been riding. I did some, no, I guess since we recorded last, I did some lunch rides. Yeah, I did some lunch rides. Those made me tired. On Sunday, I went out and helped score a motorcycle trials event. So it's like you just pretty much stand around and count when people put their foot on the ground and then punch a hole in the card and say, they're like, thanks for checking. And it's like, yeah, man, see you next loop. Did you get to you say, did you get to say fiasco at any point? <laughs> no. Do people, I guess you wouldn't know that because you didn't even know fiasco was a trials thing. I need you to do that, I Matt. Say, do- I want you to be the guy to bring fiasco into your local group. So when someone does like flub a whole section completely, you, you know, you very, very fiasco. loudly pronounce fiasco. <laughs> uh, as a checker, I think the better move is to apologetically punch the five. And then when they try to throw a fit, you, uh, then you, you throw point. their, th- you throw their car in the ground and yell fiasco. Uh, <laughs> no, actually I had an amazing amount of power. Um, I checked with two other people in this one pretty long section and we all like stationed ourselves where we could see different things. And I was the one with the punch guard and, uh, the hole punch or the, the, yeah, the specialty hole punch. It's like a fancy one that is unique. And they knew that stage or section seven had that hole punch with the special design. And, uh, yeah, in my pocket, I had a yellow card and, um, when we were setting up and like looking at the section, the section was already set. We were just like orienting ourselves with it. Someone was like, I was like, blah, 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 blah. You know, what about this? What about this? And one of the other guys looks at me, he goes, inside this section, you are God. (laughs) And I was like, all right. And uh, yeah, apparently a yellow card is like a shit ton of points and you don't have to like give it to people even. They were just like, you know, somebody's like throwing a fit, maybe just pull it out of your pocket, twirl it around in your fingers a little bit, you know, just play with it. Um, did you do that any nope one guy threw a fit and uh by a scoring card or was frustrated with himself slash the bike uh well one guy got frustrated with his bike that was understandable um another guy got really frustrated and he was like you punched it wrong it's not a five and like if you rip down the little marker like you can run over a split marker and it's fine but if you rip it down it's a five and he's like, ah, bah, 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 it's not a five. And like, I pointed and I was like, you ripped the marker off. And he like went ballistic. And I was just like, yeah, if he does some shit like that next time, I'm just going to pull it out and play with it. But uh, yeah, no one's going to talk to me like that. So yeah. I mean, he did. Not again. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. It was pretty boring though, because I got up at six in the morning. I mean, it was fun to watch, but like I got up at six in the morning. And I drove an hour, and then I rode my motorcycle for like 10 minutes with a lawn chair in my backpack, bashing me in the back of the helmet. <laughs> and then I stood around for like, no exaggeration, 
nine hours, and then I put my stuff back in my bag, and I rode parts of the section real quick, and then I rode back to the car yeah. and drove home. That kind of stuff is unfortunately really thankless, and I did Extremely. that for years in the autocross community, being the person that like you know has to troubleshoot stuff, semi-organize stuff, be the person in front of the computer, putting down people's times, tallying stuff up, you know, whatever, all kinds of stuff it is. And that sucked a lot because you had to pay attention the whole time. And there's always people having dumbass conversations around you or like leaning over your shoulder and like, you know, putting their grubby ass nasty fingers on like your laptop screen asking about like some time. And you just have to turn around and give them the eye that you're going to murder them. (laughs) Yeah. So you're not supposed to alter. So that's the other thing about trials. If a rock moves, the course changed. You can't go move that rock. And you're supposed to ride this section as it, you know, like the section evolves over the day. And one guy was like scraping some like dirt off of a rock. And I like gave him the stink eye and he like scraped some more dirt off the rock. And I was like, hey, man, we're motorcycle riders, not landscapers. (laughs) And he like laughed and like did it some more. And I was like, hey, and like gave him the dad. Hey, and he was 12 years old, probably. I mean, I don't know. He was probably like 16, but anyone under 25 looks 12 to me now. I'm like that age. And that was like kind of the the grumpiest I had to be all day. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. You got to say stuff like, hey, man, you touch that rock anymore. I'm going to touch your face. (laughs) No, actually, like, that's the thing. If the, not to get too boring about it, but like, no, you can just get a five. Your rider gets a five. If you want to protest it, we can protest it back at the tent, but your rider's getting a five. I'm God in here. (laughs) So I don't know if telling me that I'm God was necessarily the best thing that they did. But, um... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I boy. think it's. Um, I think it's probably. That's probably. It's a. It's a lot of power for you, Matt. That's. It's a lot. It's the perfect amount of power. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was it. That was on Sunday, and then I had Monday off like normal because I'd never work Mondays. But I was pretty tired, so I didn't go ride. So I spent oh yeah, the, we went to the archery range. Yeah, I went to the did did some landscaping with Andrea. And then we went to the archery range and had dinner. Yeah, I got a new sight for my bow, and it's real nice. Yep. I'm real happy about it. Um, yeah, so that's me. Uh, can we play Smasher Pass? Yeah. I've or got, do you want to ask got a, I have a product that I want to talk about, but it might be part of your thing, which should make me both happy well, and sad at the same time. Okay. Um, do you think I should risk talking about my thing a la carte? Because I think it's probably one of the most important things to happen in the cycling industry in 10 to 20 years. Oh, God, I can't tell if you're being facetious or not. You go first. I'm both. Yeah, I don't know what I'm being right now. <laughs> so the the old blogosphere has been a buzzing. I was on spokeenthusiast.net, and there is. Are you talking about the DT oh, Swiss yeah. Revo light spokes that are strike fluted, balanced of lightweight, extra strength, and arrow? That's the one. There's a new spoke, everybody. This is huge. I, I'd smash I like it. It looks yeah, I mean, weird. I want to see one in person. I think I'm already going to, for no reason whatsoever, spend a bunch of time and money and unbuild a perfectly good set of wheels and replace <laughs> my control carbons that have straight pull round spokes and alloy nipples with silver straight pull Revo lights and brass nips. So probably, you know, unbuilding, rebuilding, measuring all the things. So I'm going to invest three hours and hundreds of dollars into having a wheel set that's probably going to weigh the same as it does today, <laughs> which is real dumb. 
So I'm going to maybe not do that. We'll see how bored I get. But for those that don't know. I mean, know, you're pretty, you're, Kenny, can I, you're like, I, I think that for people who want a wheel set that they just use forever and forget about, brass nipples are definitely the way to go. But I feel like if you, like you will just change stuff occasionally, you know, you're decent, you're, you're decent at building wheels, like. Just put the alloy nipples in there. I could, but if I was building, I really don't like alloy nipples anymore. I used to build with them all the time. And I think just the conditions in Memphis didn't really destroy them. Something about the dirt here. I think it's just salty. And for real, it destroys alloy nipples. They just do not last out here. So does anyone else have thoughts on the Revo light? I think they look fucking cool. Yeah. So I would say that tearing down a wheel set and rebuilding it is the absolute dumbest shit I've ever heard of. And <laughs> I was totally thinking you're off the rails. But then you said silver. So I was like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> so yep, that's yep. like the only thing that I would want in a new wheel set is silver. I um, mean, you have bird wheels with fucking white bird spokes. Come on. I- I've had wheels with silver spokes before and they always just look fucking cool. Yeah. I had those high polished A23s with the power tab hubs with silver spokes and silver nipples and Kenny built those for me and those looked tits. Do you think that and silver had- silver on silver on silver on silver so that's hub, spoke, nip and hoop all silver? All silver. Is that out of control? No, because remember I put those Silver's on Silver's my- always the same silver. Also, I put those on my CAD 10. So it was like an alloy bike, and it looked like a very classic wheel set, but they were power tab hubs, so they actually functioned, you know, and they were like pretty wide, modern-ish rims, so they worked, you know? I don't know. I just, it was like a very classic look, and that was like a very flat top tube road bike. Like, it just looked so 1997 and 2012 at the same time. (laughs) So... Okay, so because it was 2012 when I got those. That's all I have as far as news goes. That was on my brain. Had to get it off. So are we gonna go? Yeah, Smasher Pass. Uh, Trans X Wireless Dropper Post. Pass. Pass. Five hundred dollar MSRP. Two hundred one seventy or two hundred millimeter travel. I can't use either one of those fucking sizes. Why? Why? The battery looks like it came out of a Nikon camera from 2007, and magically it looks like. They bought a reverb from Wish.com. Uh-huh. I mean, the reverb is already heavy as shit. The Axis reverb is fucking heavy. That looks heavier. Well, they've got to wait. It says, and I quote, a hefty 730 <laughs> to 748 grams. So is it lighter than a reverb? I have no fucking idea. That's got to be, right? <laughs> so I, I, think, I, an, I think that a really nice mid travel dropper these days is between four to 500 grams analog. And I think a reverb is six to 700, I'm guessing. Obviously, depending I'm on- I'm looking it up right now. Depending on travel and other things. They claim 676 grams, but they do make a 100 millimeter travel one. So that would probably be their shortest travel. Hmm. Who knows? The Hopefully weight based they didn't do that. on- No, it says the weight's based on a 170, 30.16 without Dang. battery. Dang. Okay. Without battery. You can't run it without the fucking battery. <laughs> so it's- God but it, damn with it. The battery, so let's just say 700 grams. But with the battery, it would technically weigh 701 grams. So I think they wanted to be sub 700 yeah, in their Yeah, I guess so. Okay. So it's heavier than- a reverb, which is not a goal that you should have. <laughs> That's like saying it's more reliable than a Ford Focus. It's oh like, cool. my gosh, have you seen? It must be the angle. Something's wrong with that. Can you, what is going on? You should look at the picture. 
I'm on the bike rumor page and I'm looking at like the first picture. Look at the shifter lever control thing. Yeah, look it's at, it's gigantic. Look at the box at the bottom. Like it's going to touch the ground. Yeah. <laughs> For real though, if your bars sweep across your top tube, your frame is done. I'm guessing that part would break off before your frame would break. Yeah, I have a feeling the Transex part is going to fail before your clear coat does. So, um <laughs> With that said, uh, P.O. Box 82, Howard, 82, right? Yeah. Howard, Colorado, uh, send me one. I'll put it in my bike, and uh, we'll go from there. It also I don't expect to. looks like there's already a problem with the reverb, where on certain bikes at full bottom out with the seat post down, which happens a lot, that you lose your battery because your tire hits it. This one looks like it sticks out even further, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but no one with a two with a Transex post knows how to set up their suspension properly, so they'll never bottom it out. Yeah, maybe. I don't well, know. They'll bottom it out all the time. But maybe it's fine. It's nice to see a $300 lower price point than the Reverb. That's cool. And the Magura was pretty garbage. And also, X-Fusion was supposed to come out with one that was wireless, and I've never seen it. Okay, so we have $500 to spend, right? Okay. We're going to buy a seat post. You could buy a Wolf Tooth Resolve dropper and a lever. You're going to spend what's 380 plus 70, $450. So you could buy a Resolve dropper and let's see, let's see. Uh claimed weight for a 39 30.9 125 is 440 grams. So you could save $50 and you could buy a fuck ton of chicken nuggets and save a bunch of weight. So yeah, buy a wolf tooth dropper. Um, and it's I'm gonna not say wireless though. I'm gonna say the bike yoke is a pretty phenomenal post as well. I like those a lot. I liked those a lot when we worked in the shop. I've had two of them now, and they were both freaking amazing. I need to probably get another one, but I'm really trying to be reasonable. And what I have on there right now works. It's an X Fusion. It works. I might not touch it. I noticed the other day when I was riding, I went out and I tried to, I wanted to get a couple of Strava QOMs that I'd lost just kind of randomly. It's one of those things where I'd never ridden this entire thing. It was really long. I'd never ridden the entire thing as fast as I could. And so my time on it just wasn't really that great. And I got this email like, you lost your QOM on this 46 minute long section to so-and-so. And I'm like, huh, I could go out and do a hard ride and just get that back. And fuck, my legs hurt so bad. I haven't been riding that much. I've just been fucking turkey hunting and doing groundskeeping and landscaping and shit. And <laughs> Groundskeeper Andrea. <laughs> I am groundskeeper Andrea. <laughs> do you have one of those old school snapper riding lawnmowers like in Waterboy? <laughs> No, but all of the people that she works with are like here in the neighborhood, so we should find an old riding mower and take the deck off and let her <laughs> just, just ride. ride it around to everyone's house. Hold on, hold on. But then like <laughs> screw a bunch of pieces of PVC to like use as tool holders on it and stuff. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you would only you would have to drive that with either one foot on the hood, a beer in your hand, or both. Yes. By the way, the bang for the buck you can get out of used riding lawnmowers is pretty incredible, at least here in Utah. For under 500 bucks, you can get a baller riding lawnmower. 
We'll keep an eye out. Yeah, I know that because um, I'm a part. I'm a part time farmhand on our farm that we own as a bike shop. No, oh, okay. Farmersonly.com. Yep. I've re- anyway. I've replaced more. I've dug up more sprinkler heads than anybody in North America. <laughs> can we? Can we keep playing Smasher Pass? Yeah. Hold we, on. We I got, gotta tell got, the rest of my dropper post story. Far in the weeds. So I I was pedaling way too hard for my current fitness level for an extended period of time. I was pedaling like I've been training. I did a Brent, and no one else is going to laugh at that except for Brent. AJ Mullybear will. Okay. I did a Brent where I was like, I'm going to go out and pedal like I'm really fit, but I'm actually not very fit. And about halfway through this 43-minute segment for me... I noticed I kind of quit using my dropper post and I figured out why. It's because I've got this really long dropper. It's a longer dropper post than I've ever used on the Mayhem. And it's I have to bend my legs so much to drop it all the way that I just quit. I either didn't drop it much or I just didn't drop it at all because I was bending my It just hurt. Like my legs hurt so much I couldn't bend them that much. But, okay, let's keep going. Also, after that ride, Andrea looked like Edgar from Men in Black. <laughs> just like <laughs> this human shape that didn't really know what to do with itself. Just like, I don't like my body right now. <laughs> and I was like, what is wrong? And she's like, oh, I went out and took some KOMs from this bitch. <laughs> uh, okay. To be honest, I think the lady rides an e-bike. All right, so Daysaver new incredible multi-tool, Smasher Pass. If you don't know about it, let me tell you right now. It's really small, so you can get to all the hard-to-reach bits on your bike. Um, like you're going to take a pedal off with that thing that's it's, a, that's smaller than your hand. It's got... Uh, it, that's a picture, Kenny, in it, case you're not looking at this. There's someone with this tool in a, in the back of their pedal. It uh, It has interchangeable bits, but to take it to the next level, you can take the bits apart, like the double-ended bits. You can push a little roll pin out and then change the two sides to mix and match the per- perfect tool combo for your bike and push the pin back in. Because that's what we need is head pieces that can fall apart. I like how they, they in the picture, they have a, uh, a pipe scraper paper clip. A paper clip, yeah. It goes in your bar end, and it shows them putting this in the bar end with a uh, tire plug in t- intact, which is really kind because when it falls out of your bars and somebody runs it over, it'll plug their tire as they run over it. It shows it being a chain tool. I don't see is that any- a knife on there. I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, blade. Um, <laughs> I don't see a way to smoke weed out of it. So I don't want. I don't be, know. I don't want to be mean either, but like. All the in the press, you know how places some new companies like as seen in Forbes or whatever, and they have all the little icons at the bottom of their screen. They have the same thing for all the cycling news coverage of this, but every single one, it's just a news site. Like they're not a right review site or anything like that. It's just news. It's like anyway, just seems silly. So I can't believe it's got a little shank on it. Oh, for cutting off the protruding ends of the patches or plugs. Or grilled sausages in the evening because this thing cuts really well. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm not pulling something out of my handlebar and cutting my sausages with it. Like, if I'm that backcountry, I'm just gnawing on that sausage like the feral animal that I am. If you haven't gathered, hard pass on this because all those things are ridiculous. Yeah, pass. Industry 9 is going to release Trail S wheels in colors. So... You can have 90 points of engagement and colors that fade in the sun. Smash or pass? 
I mean, pass. I'm kind of neutral on that. I mean, I don't want to I mean, be I don't mean want either. It for myself, but I look, I don't want them for myself. But that would help you sell more wheels in a bike shop. Does has anybody been buying their S line of wheels? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. They're Hydra Trail S, so it's not a uh, a one of one hub. It's a Hydra hub built into a Trail S alloy oh, so they wheel. They just put fancier they... hubs in their budget wheels. So, so for only three hundred dollars more expensive. Yeah, so for only three hundred dollars less than Specialized, you can get an alloy wheel instead of a carbon one. Hmm. Eh, I don't know. Uh, it's all right by me. It's just it's not my jam, but I it's fine. Thousand Whatever. thousand dollar aluminum wheel sets in this day and age, I just don't understand that. In this economy, <laughs> um, by the way, how much are they? I'm just like, making it up. Nine hundred and fifty dollars. It's, mm. it's one of those things where it's not my jam. Like I don't think it's stupid, but it's just not something I'm interested in. We're gonna move on. Sure. Wolf Tooth releases e-bike chain rings so shimano and trek tq motors now can have wolf tooth rings uh yes smash we need more e-bike rings yep uh i don't remember whatever other oh we talked about their posts but i really just want to talk about that because wolf tooth hadn't got much airtime lately and uh brandon called me and he's like hey man brendan said if you don't talk about us in the next show it's those fucking kneecaps <laughs> so i just had to talk about something oh shit i wasn't supposed to talk about this on air um i'm totally just kidding i don't think brendan remembers who i am at this point uh, <laughs> more multi-tools metmo pocket driver an innovative take on ratcheting multi-tools oh i read about this and it's a pass for me because the bits don't come with it so you have a multi-tool with loose bits that you provide yourself and it's fucking expensive but it ratchets I mean, I think that I think the tool itself is pretty neat, but it's just missing some shit. Kenny, are you gonna smash or pass? I don't have it in front of me. What's it called again? Metmo Pocket Driver. Hmm. I'm clickety clacking. Sorry, folks. Do do do. So I get to make a super. Oh fuck! More. God damn it! I already don't like this because it's just like the other one. It's on Indiegogo and Kickstarter. God damn it! If you can't make a little fiddly bit thing and you have to use fucking Kickstarter or Indiegogo. I'm anyway, I, I'm so tired of these stupid platforms. It's ridiculous. Ugh. Anyway. All right. So uh, uh what I, I'm just, I just I'm looking at it. I'm just I'm not angry. I like when people build stuff, like that's cool and all. But like yeah, the guy was screwing like a two by four into a cinder block. If you don't have a fucking DeWalt or something <laughs> <laughs> then what is wrong with you? Like, who's going to use this thing to actually do work, like real work in your garage or something? If you don't own a set of real tools, then I don't know what you're doing. Just weird. How many dollars is this thing? I can't tell. $110. There's a shitload of euros divided by a whole bunch of backers. I can't even do that math. I don't know what the fuck that means. Holy shit. It's like $150. Yeah. There's two versions. Yeah, you have to provide your own bits yeah. and store them where they don't get lost. Hard pass. You can just what you can do is get one of those tools that goes in your handlebar and holds bits, and you have that ratchet driver, so you can take your handlebar tool kit out and take those bits out and put them in your little ratchet driver, and then you can use it. So I take it back for if someone gave it to me for free as a gift or something, and. I just had it at my desk as like a fidget tool because you can like dick with it. That would be cool, yeah. but I wouldn't want to actually use it in real life. I think I would use it in real life if I if I had a 
If I had that that stored bits, which I, I'm sure that tool exists. If I go to the comments section, there's probably someone that's like, you can get this tool that does the same thing for $50 less. And that's that's probably the one that I would, if I was in the market for a new multi-tool, which I'm not because I have, gosh, what's the one in my pack right now? It's either a Lazine or a Crank Brothers. or I don't know. I've got a multi-tool now that works perfectly Like fine. this asshole is using this two inch long ratchety handle with like a one inch spade bit through some wood at one half of one RPM, just like chewing it the fuck up. Why would you ever do such a thing? Kenny, let's let's just Next move thing. on. Let's just move on. Don't don't be too mad. Okay. It's okay. Metmoto can't hurt you. It'll never it'll never get out of Kickstarter. It's not real. Dude, this and this guy's like on a work site with this. He just used like a fucking Makita to like drive a screw halfway in and then took this thing out of his pocket and then ratcheted in the other half. If you did that on a real work site in America, you would be persecuted and or killed. <laughs> well, all right, let's move on, Kenny. You're too angry about the Metmoto or the Metmo. You want to talk about something? I was going to talk about one thing, and I just found something else on Nino's bike that doesn't exist. So uh, next-gen prototype SID World Cup SL whatever on Nino's bike, smash or pass. I'm sure it's great. I would probably not ever own a bike that would have such that a small little. amount of travel, but I'm sure, I don't know, maybe in the future I would have something like that. It looks really nice. I'm sure it's going to be great. But yes, I also wanted to talk about other things on this bike as well. Like that new reverb? Interesting. That's not even what I was looking at. If you look at the picture of him on the rollers, that reverb battery's in the wrong position and it has the wrong color collar on it. Let's see. Picture of someone on rollers. Oh, well, that's a that's different than the other pictures. Interesting. But that's not how an axis, and that's not the that's the orientation of a reverb battery. If you didn't want to catch your saddle on your post, yes, and that is not what's on his race bike. Oh, I know what I. That's not his out. race bike. Oh, that's his team manager's oh, bike. Okay. So I know what I wanted to point out. This is not a new thing. It's just an interesting thing. Quad piston brakes. Yeah. Yeah. Level quads. Levels in those, which we yeah. know. But I'm just very surprised to see that on a World Cup bike. Do you see all the ass on that man? That's a lot of man to stop. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that seat post is not, and it's definitely an axis post because if you look at another photo in this, if you scroll down to the bottom when it's a picture of just the bike, then it has the axis post in it. Well, that's the the wrong bike. Like that's the wrong fork and everything. Wrong everything. Um, no, that's that's what this article says. Is that that fork is the one? Like if you look at the crown. That's the oh. new fork. They just put have the Sid, the classic stickers on it, or whatever the the not new stickers on it to just hide it. If you also notice, his stem looks like a flaccid penis. <laughs> Kenny, I've seen some flaccid penises before in my life, and I just want to say that none of them looked like that, other not, than just kind of direction. Not that wide and flat. No. Wait, is he running a mechanical post? Maybe that's a Scott, like a Scott branded post on there or something. Because I don't think that that is that. No, that's not an axis post. I'm way wrong. Because look right there, that's not an axis lever, and that is. I had there's an extra hose on there. I had the two bikes mixed because his team manager's bike is photoed in here also. Yeah, this is the one that I got confused on because there's the dropper button on this bike. It's like tucked away. It's like a blip. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. It's. It looks like it isn't a 
because there's another photo of his bike and it's not that's not a battery that might be like a race transponder or something taped under his seat i don't know yeah that makes sense anyways uh new sid smash i'd ride the shit out of it now the last one i'm only making fun of this heavily uh new campy 12 speed wireless electronic you can get a group from campy where you finally don't shift with your motherfucking thumb for the low price of only (laughs) $5,400. So if you want the aesthetics that looks like a drunk Russian 3D printed your rear derailleur, like look at that thing. What is that? That's the rear derailleur. It is insane looking. That's the brakes. That's the chain. That's the cogs. That's more cogs. That's a crank set without a power meter in it yet. There's two batteries that can't be the same because of SRAM's patent. There's a pretty normal-looking front derailleur. It kind of looks like the alien head. There's the rear derailleur that looks like an abomination of 3D printing doom. Wow, that's awful. It's like they had to, because they're the last ones making a 12, It this is their first, no, wait, they've had other electronic groups. But it's got wires. Yeah, yeah, okay. So they had, they're the last of the wireless party, so they had to dodge all the patents. But just look at that. Like, it's like the opposite of Shadow. It looks like it has, um, it looks like it has that shitty stuff, like the range extender thing that goes between your derailleur and your frame. Yeah, like if you've ever seen. That's what it looks like. It looks like it has a range extender on it. It's like hanging way off the bike and shit. It just looks terrible. And for everyone at home that's like, oh, blah, 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 like. You just are a SRAM bitch, blah, blah, blah. First of all, we know that Campy sucks because the person in the spy shots is riding Shimano pedals. Um, (laughs) And then uh, also, this shit's hideous. So, yeah, hard pass for me. I have one thing that I want to bring up on the show. I tried discussing this with Andrea, and I didn't get anywhere. I don't know. I was just. I. I also think it's dumb, but I'm just not mad about it because I don't have the fucking energy to be mad about shit like this that it is never going to affect me. We have to be mad about this because this is our entire online persona. We have to be <laughs> mad about shit that we don't actually care about. It's turning the frogs gay. Uh, uh, I have two premium race bikes pulled up on the specialized website right now, and for those of you at home. I just want to play a quick game. One of these bikes costs $14,000, and one of them costs $12,000. And I want you to guess which one costs more. One has two derailleurs, and pretty much the frame, the wheels, and all the non-drivetrain parts are made by Specialized. This one has two derailleurs, a rigid fork, and no up-down seat post. This other one has... Up down in the fucking frame, the wheat whoop got the rear shock. It's got beep boop front shocks made you by someone else. You have to speak else. in English. You can't just make those fucking noises. It's got a fucking rear shock. It's got a front it's a f- shock. It's, it has rear suspension. It's there a full suspension go. bike. It's got a fork with a custom damper in it. And uh, it only has one derailleur, but everything else is made by Specialized. So one has pivots in the frame, two shocks. One has no pivots, no shocks but somehow cost more? I seriously do not understand how a tarmac can cost more than an Epic World Cup. I, I I looked it up. The only place that I can really find a big price difference, I, I guess I didn't price out like a front derailleur from SRAM, but like the wheels have a $250 difference at retail. But I just can't wrap my head around how a rigid road bike cost that is made 
nearly 100% by Specialized can cost less than a suspended bike that has all these... Or, yeah, costs more than an S-Works suspended bike that has a whole fucking fork on it with all these parts inside. It's got two halves of a bike that bolt together with someone else's shock in the middle. How is that cheaper? Make me understand it. Is it for real? Is it the carbon fiber layup? Are they different? I don't even know what they are. I assume is the Epic running Fact 11, and then the other one is 12 or 13 or some shit? Uh, Fact 12M versus, oh my God, the Specialized website is just so good to use. I just love it. Oh my fucking God. Um, Fact 12R. So it's both Fact 12, but R versus M carbon. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. That would be my only guess is that one was like 11 and one was 12 or something. So that makes very little sense. Even then, even if that were the thing, is the different carbon fiber itself and maybe a slightly different resin $2,000 different? That seems pretty wild. Well, but in my mind, it has to be three or $4,000 different. Yeah, because one has suspension. Yeah, exactly. Like it just, it does not make any sense. I'm in full agreement with you. I've had a small peek into how cheap a brand can purchase items sure. when you're buying things from someone like RockShox. But with that said, I also have a peek into how cheap you can get carbon fiber things made. I know what it costs to get a frame without a shock landed into the U.S. for a small builder. I know what that costs. You can't tell me that a fork costs more than a fork. I mean, if someone out there knows and you want to have yeah, like rigid, a, a, rig, yeah, a road like a, fork costs a, more a, than a suspension fork. Some carbon legs can't cost more than all of that aluminum put together and purchased from another brand. I mean, if someone wants to go off the record and like explain this shit to me, hit me up. I'd love to hear about it. But I just can't believe that it costs more to do any of this. It's wild like to me. Everything. It's wild to me that you can build a road bike for over $10,000 in today's money. That is just pretty wild. And I guess what's crazy to me is like... Did they sell that road bike as a frame set? Maybe. Like, can you compare frame set to frame set? I don't know. It's a specialized website. Will I be able to find anything? Ready to paint frame set. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they do sell frame sets, but it doesn't help us at all because... Mm, do th- I don't know if they're selling that as a that Epic World Cup. Yeah, there's an Epic World Cup as a frame set. The frame set costs more. You can buy an S-Works Tarmac frame set for $5,500 that well, includes... Well, that's not an... Oh, yeah, it is. Never mind. I was talking about an SL7 okay. with, four, or with red before. I'm talking about an S-Works SL7 now. It's got fork, stem, seat post for $5,500. When you look at the... Epic World Cup race bike, $6,000, so the frame costs more, and it doesn't come with a stem. (laughs) I don't, my God, that color is amazing. That is a pretty awesome color. But, like, seriously, if someone out there that listens can help me understand this, call me. Why when you, why is that frame fork seat post for the mountain bike $6,000 with the suspension fork, and the road bike is, what did you say, $50,000? Fifty five hundred dollars with a rigid fork and a stem. So that makes more sense. But when you put a red group on it and some handlebars and wheels that cost two hundred and fifty dollars more at retail, it suddenly is two thousand dollars more. All right, we should move on. This is probably boring people. We don't need to sit here and go through prices and shit. If it's not boring our listeners, it's boring me. Yeah, I mean, 
a red group and a transmission group. Oh, transmission doesn't include brakes. But it's... I'm going to have to build a spreadsheet. Fuck me. <laughs> um, do we want to dig into listener questions and then call this a show? Yeah, we've got we a got, few. I hope people enjoyed this because I fucking did. Actually, I don't give a shit if you enjoyed it or not. I did. <laughs> All right, question time. From Brady Howe. What, what grinds, grinds my gears when people post pictures of trees down on a trail on trail forks where it lives on forever in infamy? I like to see pictures there that highlight the trail and make me want to go ride it. Maintenance issues can be sent to the appropriate trail stewards and mentioned in a trail report on Trail Forks or whatever app you're using. That's what grinds Brady Howell's gears. Ooh, this is off topic. You know what grinds my gears? Hold on. (laughs) We need to stay on topic for a moment. Never. All right, Kenny, go. Whatever. So here's what grinds my gears. People that refuse to give you their undivided attention. That's it. And it's just a customer complaint, uh, as in customers to me. When you have too much other shit going on in the background that you can't, you came to me and you can't fucking talk to me because you're like on a conference call on your goddamn Bluetooth <laughs> headset or some shit. And then you give me the like one second gesture. Uh, I'm going to punch you in the fucking throat. And um, and people that call me on the phone and they have an entire God knows what going on in the background, like their wife is trying to talk to them or they're playing golf. or watching tv and they're asking me about some shit that is ridiculous so kenny like two two winters ago when i i worked briefly uh with my my friend who's an insurance health insurance agent Mm -hmm. some of the i would have to call these insurance companies and i would call say for instance and i i don't i don't remember which i would call insurance r us yeah insurance r us uh but a large corporate insurance company and the person would have a phone that sounded like they were in a payphone with in like a construction zone and that's who was answering my questions about insurance yeah that's that's even worse and by the way also encountered that exact same thing today i'm not going to say what company it is but it's a company that we use their services and they're very expensive and i was getting support for said product and this person was clearly watching stranger things in the background on the TV <laughs> as they're working from home while they're petting their fucking dog or some shit. And <laughs> I mean, petting your dog's okay. And that's just like not cool. You, again, undivided attention. If you're at fucking work, be at fucking work. So that shit really bothers me. Anyway, that's it. Uh, next listener question. Uh, well, no, we should also say like, yeah, I get that. Like, But also Brady realized that like people are really dumb. Yeah, people are super, super dumb. We go on next with the next question. All right. Who's this from? Dean. Dean, our Aussie patron. Uh, BB Servicing. Chris King promotes servicing of bearings to prolong bottom bracket life, but other brands don't. Don't. What's really the difference besides Cane Creek bearing seals designed Chris to be... Chris King. Re- what? Chris King bearing seals. What did I say? Cane Creek. Oh, Chris King bearing seals designed to be removable. Everyone knows most bearing seals can be plucked out, and they look okay if you're careful. Even if seals aren't 100%, you can just re-grease more regularly. I'm probably more referring to Cane Creek stainless steel bearing BBs as they aren't cheap to replace. Anyways, cheers, Dan. And he says, I didn't drop off patron last week. Just an issue with my card provider. Should be all sorted. Rock on. I don't know. Look, when you have a bottom bracket in your bike that costs less than $100 and lasts, I don't know, somewhere between three and five years or longer, I don't know, I, I... Dub hasn't been out long enough for me to wear out a bottom bracket, which is kind of saying something. 
considering how much I write when it came out, I put it in my bike and started riding it and I haven't worn one out. So when I do wear one out, I'm going to pull it out of my bike and put it in the trash and put another $60 bottom bracket in my bike. You don't work in retail anymore. They're uh, like 40 or $45. Oh, okay. I'm going to I'm going to put another $45 bottom bracket in my bike. So that's that's why I don't care about serviceable bottom brackets. And if you have one of the nicer like a wheels manufacturing say a thread together or something, which are really cool I think for press fit frames, um are the ones that's it's a thread together aluminum shell with bearings in it same thing with that you yank the bearings out with your bearing puller and you press new bearings in and bearings are pretty cheap so it's just a replacement thing you know bearings don't have to be some high dollar fancy serviceable thing that you try to keep going for the lifetime of of yourself and move it from bike to bike as you get new bikes just either replace the bottom bracket or replace the bearings yep and there's yeah, I mean, enough standards and yeah, you get a new bike and then it's got a different standard and then you can't take your Chris King with you and all that stuff. So I've got a lot of things to say about this. <laughs> Do you want to buy a $150 bottom bracket and then like a $100 grease tool and then a grease gun? And then if you're going to do it right, you have to do preventative maintenance. So if your bearings get crunchy, it means that one of the races or the balls are fucked up. So packing it with fresh grease is going to do you no good. That metal has left the fucking chat. It's gone. (laughs) So when you said that, I imagine like a little metal shaving, throwing the deuces and just being flushed out of your bottom bracket. Exactly. So you can do preventative maintenance. And if you are freaking on it, that's great. And if you want to every, I don't know, 50 hours, 100 hours, pull your damn crank apart, pull these little freaking seals off and these little other seal things and circlips and then get your special proprietary grease gun fitting tool thing and cram that thing on there and individually press grease in both sides and then put your whole fucking crank back together and do that all the time to hopefully have a bottom bracket that lasts a long time. That seems just weird to me that's a lot of money and time that's a lot of bottom brackets and then again also you're taking this risk that you can't take this nice bottom bracket with you to your next frame because it might have a different standard which is very conceivable there's so many standards out there uh or you're limiting yourself to what frame you buy around this stupid fucking threaded bottom bracket that's (laughs) so good yeah yeah so i just don't i just don't like that i'd rather just replace my bottom bracket and also unless you ride in just horrendous conditions or do ridiculous mileage, the seal system and the quality of just a regular old off-the-shelf dub bottom bracket is so good. I just don't think you're going to have issues with it. So, eh, I, not for me. Alrighty. I, I've said this before. I'm going to just like reiterate it again. We, we function inside. We are race car adjacent. People just don't like to admit it. If you take your fancy car to the track, you just hose through tires. You might do an oil change just because. You might do, you might change oil or air filters just because. You know, there's so many things that the real racing world just throws away all the time. And I understand, like, I'm not saying like, oh, my brake pads are worn out. I should throw my brakes away and put a new set of brakes on my bike. That's that's not what I'm saying at all. Don't get that shit twisted and be a jackass about it. What I'm trying to say is like it, that there is a tipping point and there is a time when you have to accept it. Like you just have to throw some shit away. And it's like when you have the Shimano, what's that break? The 
the brake pad, the B-O... B-O-1-S? Yeah. The 799 yeah, or so 699-brake brake pad? A, a Shimano brake that uses B-O-1-S brake pads, and your brakes get a little funky, you roll through like a bad puddle or some shit, or you overheat them and they get weird, throw them away and get new ones. They're eight fucking dollars a pair. So, yeah. <sighs> we don't have to get too much on that rant. Yeah, and I'm... It's, it's a hard one for me too. This is all from a vantage point of me. I don't really like throwing stuff away either. I don't like how the world has gotten more and more disposable over the years. I'm all about making stuff work and giving stuff a second life uh, in, in a lot of ways, right? Uh, computers at our work. Good example. We could have new flashy, fancy whatevers that you basically blindly recycle every two to three years like a lot of companies do, but we don't. I mean, if you just keep them fresh, do some new installs here and there, you can run a computer if you bought a decent one for 10 plus years. It's going to work great. So I'm not about just randomly throwing stuff away just because, but some stuff just not worth the effort. And I think the bottom brackets are just not, are one of those things where just throw it away, get a new one. It's so much easier. Yep. We got one more question. First, uh, it's from Alec with a C. I don't trust this person already. First off, I just want to say, keep up the great... If you're scrolling what I'm reading, dear God. I'm trying God. to get it where you can read the whole thing. There you go. First off, I just want to say, keep up the great work. Love the show and your weekly hot takes on the bike world. The used Honda Ridgelines market and dog updates. Now on to the question. I have a set of DT Swiss M1900 wheels that came with my YT Jeffsy 29er. It has a 373 Paul rear hub. And I've been considering making the upgrade to the 54-tooth ratchet setup. Unfortunately, it looks like with the ratchet conversion plus the 54-tooth ratchet, da-da-da, I'd be over $300 for the upgrade. Why can't those bastards include the 54-tooth ratchet in the upgrade kit instead uh, of the 18-tooth ratchet? Uh, Why would What would you do? Fork over the 300-plus for the easy upgrade or buy a decent new wheel set with even better engagement? I live in Dallas, so I'm mostly riding XE trails with lots of techie climbs. And if I'm, oh, also I'm a chunky boy at 250-ish pounds. If that makes a difference, you need to get sure, one of those sure does wheel make sets a difference. from uh, Industry Nine. That's a trail S wheel set with a Hydra hub. I'm really confused about this man riding a Jeffsy in Dallas. <laughs> that's a 140 or 50 millimeter trail bike. So I would I don't not know, maybe run. Maybe he goes to that bike park. I would not run the 54 tooth. Uh, period. No matter how much you weigh. And if you're a bigger rider, absolutely fucking not. I love DT Swiss stuff. That 54 tooth is actual real garbage. Matt, don't we both, haven't we used those? Yeah, I'm, Kenny's angry though. I'm not going to argue with angry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they, I just, if I haven't, I probably have 10 sets of those things stripped out on my desk. They came on a whole Oh, that's right. Of, you deal with those in a bunch of specialized Yeah, wheels. they come with a bunch of specialized. Okay. Even on analog bikes. They put those on a few e-bikes, too. That was ballsy as hell, and I can tell you how that ended. <laughs> but the 54s are garbage. The 36s are great. So if you can get an LN conversion with a 36, I don't know if there's a part number for that where it comes with it out of the box. I'm not sure. I'll have to go do some research. Yeah, I think the LN conversion is reasonable. You could also take the stance of, as much as I don't like the DT3 Paul, it's not the worst thing in the world. You could just run it, until, yeah, it you have an, until you have an issue with it. And if you have an issue with it, then switch over to LN. Nah, I think you should get a new wheel set. That's all I'm saying. Just go ahead and upgrade. Matt's looking up the LN kit. Yeah, I haven't found it with uh, 36 yet. I'm but gonna I think I'm going have... to clickety-clack. Hold on. BTI is like the king of DT Swiss stuff, so give me a second here. Yeah, and if you decide you want to go that way, I have some. If you need to buy some 36 tooth, I, I think I have a bunch of 36s somehow. I think we pulled. We had a bunch of 54s, so we replaced. No, we didn't. We had a bunch of 36s. 
No, I thought we had fifty fours. I think I think we thought we had fifty fours and we had thirty sixes. No, whatever. I don't know. I don't really like DT Swiss's engagement, so I, I can't recommend spending any money on a DT Swiss hub. Even though I mean, again, not a bad product, just something I'm not into. And Alex, like, jokes on you. I'm into that shit. Also, I don't mean this as a knock on you as a size, but, oh, God, by the way, I'm getting chunky. I'm like 165 pounds now. You said 168 earlier. Well, I was trying to not make myself sound fat. (laughs) Uh, I make any Paul Hub pop and creak and do weird shit. Even my new Hydra Hubs have been popping recently. Like, I don't know what the fuck it is about how I pedal, but I... I, it's weird like it does I do it too and it's not under super high power it's not it's like rolling into power or just in kind of a low power pedaling. it's like transitional from yeah. a near coast into low load it likes to pop yeah yeah that's the same with the Chris King hubs uh, but I've, I've that's happened with my Hydra hubs also but it's it's just it's infrequent so it doesn't bother me so I'm, I'm all right with it not like the, uh, God, was it the Bontrager hubs that I had? Oh, God. Those things popped a lot. They would do it two or three times a ride. I think I, my Hydra hubs have popped like two or three times. I need to service the ones on my new wheels. Oh, speaking, well, are you still clicking, Kenny? I'm still clickety-clacking. There are a lot of, there's a lot of DT Swiss stuff out here yeah, on BTI. So I'm going to go with my closing remarks while Kenny is click-clacking. Uh, just to piss off everyone in the chain lube world, I bought wet lube this week. It's creek crossing season. It's creek crossing season in Colorado. So oh, I bought here we go. Wet. They make a 370 Ratchet LN 36 tooth out-of-the-box upgrade kit. You got a part number on that bad boy from DT? I sure do. Uh, do we know what Cassetti has? Mm, does it matter? Is it there does. A different- they oh, make, because you're getting a whole driver, they right? Make, they make a free hub, so they have an XD, a microspline, and an HG. But well, let's just assume exist. let's just assume it's XD, because if you're riding something else, you made the wrong decision. So <laughs> I'm going to give you the XD part number. Oh God, the, <laughs> this is a DT Swiss part number. How about which this, is Kenny? Insano. Why don't you Why don't you just copy and paste it into the chat, and Andrea can reply to this person with the part number. Let me get a suggested retail price here. I want to say they're like 150. One that moment, sounds please. right. It is. They're definitely more expensive than a free hub body, obviously, because they come with a lot more stuff. So a little bit off. Uh, re- re- suggested retails one sixty three eighty. All right. And they're in stock at BTI, so any bike shop can order it for you. Matt, what were you? You were giving a closing statement of some sort. Yeah, I just I bought wet lube. Oh yeah, yeah. I bought it wet. It smells lube. terrible though. No, it doesn't. It smells like perfume. No, it doesn't. It does. Nah, it smells like... It smells like artificial scent. Okay. That's what I'm saying. It, it has... They're like, huh, this smells like the ingredients that we put in it to make it work. Let's put some fucking perfume in it to make it smell different. Uh, it's like how people wash their clothes in fucking perfume detergent. It's like, huh, I don't like that my clothes smell like fucking clothes and that I smell like a human being, so I'm going to put this shit that smells like plastic flowers on my clothing oh that's what i do i make my own my own sealant with (laughs) glitter used motor oil and latex and i also make my own uh detergent and it is because i do like glitter as you can tell it's glitter axe body spray and dawn (laughs) okay 
So I put one call out. If you're in the manufacturing world and you can help me understand why the Tarmac SL7 costs more than the Epic World Cup, let me know. If it is an economy of scale and uh, the price is what the market will bear, don't bother telling me. I, I think that's we already know that. The other one I want to know is if you know of like one of those really captivating like vice style or like a long form Atlantic or some shit article about like the rise of Axe body spray. <laughs> I would love to know that because I am a dude. YouTube knows I am a dude. So I get served all these ads for dude stuff and the number of like Old Spice ads that I get is fucking scary. I don't understand how that shit has risen to fame. I've bought a couple of things off of eBay lately, and all of them come like heavily perfumed, and it's really fucking weird. So, oh, like the box? Well, let's not talk about the items, but I've bought two fabric items recently, and they came like laundered. One was a pair of shoes, and one was a shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, what do you buy? Are you buying like secondhand thongs or something? Thongs? No, if you bought a secondhand thong, it wouldn't smell like perfume. I promise it would smell like something else. With perfume on it. Yeah, it would smell like booty. That's disgusting. (laughs) Um, The... uh, I just need to understand how that rose to popularity. All right, are we done? Sure. I'm tired. I can say I'm tired. You're not allowed to. <laughs> okay, everybody. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to go to jrashow.com or justwritingalongshow.com. They take you to the same place. Check out our bottles and holographic stickers. And I believe we still have a couple of our old style stickers that come in a three pack. When are our other stickers coming? Uh, they are scheduled to be here. I got the email today. They might be here on Monday. All right. We have more stickers coming too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And also stop by spokeenthusiast.net and say, hi, I'm a moderator over there. I, now I'm worried that that's a <laughs> real website. Nope. It's not. Is there one Kenny's e about or to buy two? it though. <laughs> Kenny, you should buy that website. Done. Okay. All right, everyone. Thank you all for listening, and good night. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show. There's some shit coming out of your pants.